Bergman, and you are listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast, episode 294. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. Hey, guys. Kyle Wagner. Hey, what's up? James Babb. Hello. And we have a guest with us, Larkin Rose, personal friend and my personal arborist, anarchist <laughs> and tax heretic, author of The Most Dangerous Superstition, The Iron Web, How to Be a Successful Tiger, Kicking the Dragon. Parasites on Parade. I may be missing some. Uh, there's also a bunch of cool videos you may recognize, like the tiny dot. Well, I'm allowed uh, to rob you. Yeah, I'm allowed to rob you. That, that that's like the the classic Larkin Rose video, right? When should you shoot a cop? Oh yeah, <laughs> the Jones Plantation and so many <laughs> other nuggets. Welcome, Larkin Rose. Thank you so much for having me. Hell yeah, man, dude. Thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast. So, Larkin, so like I just heard earlier, I, maybe I heard this before, maybe not. I don't know. I smoke a lot of weed. But so you actually went to jail for like uh, not paying your taxes? Like, like what, what happened? Well, technically, it, was, it wasn't even tax evasion. It wasn't even that fun. It was misdemeanor willful failure to file. It was not sending in pieces of paper to the IRS. So it wasn't even like hiding stuff or, or getting sneaky or anything. Um, so, you're a heretic. I'm a, yeah, I'm a tax heretic. The, <laughs> the short answer is even pretty dang long. Um, at this point, I give away for free um, uh, an ebook of my book, Kicking the Dragon, Confessions of a Tax Heretic, which tell the whole ridiculous story. Um, it actually wasn't anything about like philosophy or a protest or any of that. It was about the fact that they lie about their own laws. Um, Taxes are inherently bogus and immoral no matter what. So to one extent, I don't really care what their scribbles say. I just had a little bit of hope that the people who believe in the legalese scribbles would care if they were being lied to. Yeah, apparently most of them just don't. But yeah, they, they stuck me in federal prison. It was minimum security. So it was, it was boring, stupid waste of time, but not, not scary prison movie prison. Um, and mostly what I did is write books they don't like. So, so like, like how, <laughs> how long were you, yeah, how long were you in there for? Uh, 15 months, which came out to just over a year. Wow. Um, cause I didn't shank anybody. <laughs> 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 Was it pretty much shank or be shanked? I mean, uh, <laughs> well, in minimum security, there's no fights. There's no, because if anybody does anything there, they send them off to somewhere that's a whole lot worse. Right. Um, so it's it's known as a satellite camp, where it's basically a bunch of people who everybody knows don't belong in prison. And so you were in a country club. <laughs> well, white collar, like like a government government, exactly. government resort. white collar resort prison. It, How many stars what? do you give them for TripAdvisor? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a? Can I go negative? Can I go? <laughs> so it was, you recommend them to to others. Yeah. <laughs> Depends what your other options are. <laughs> uh, so it, it was a stupid, ridiculous waste of time, but it wasn't scary or something or anything. And I, I wrote uh, The Iron Web in there, my novel, and I wrote the whole book about my adventures with the IRS called Kicking the Dragon, um, which I now give away for free, um, and wrote some music and did some other stuff, fun stuff. But mostly it was a giant, stupid waste of time. Okay, so like, how long, how long ago did this happen? This was trials 2005, and they basically stole 2006 from me. I was in a cage for all of 2006. So, like after you after you've had this happen, you know, um, and it, it could go way worse. You know, when you think about like Irwin Schiff, Irwin Schiff like, yeah. fucking died in prison. You yeah. Know? So, like, what would you tell like you know like tax protesters now? Like, if somebody's well, thinking about like, I would tell them exactly taxes, what I told them when I was doing it, which is, hey, everybody watching, do not do this. I ran full page ads asking the federal government to prosecute me. I wasn't trying to get away with something and I wasn't, I wasn't at all expecting them to be fair and rational. I wanted to be their Guinea pig if they were going to go after somebody for this particular issue. So I, I volunteered to be, and I told everybody, of course, in fact, 
I, I predicted so many details about what they ended up doing ahead of time and said, they're going to cheat on this. They're going to lie about this. They're going to do this because they like, they have to do this demonization thing to get a conviction um, for not to get too much into the legal stuff, but the, the, every federal tax crime has an element of willfulness, which means if the person didn't believe they were breaking the law, if they weren't trying to break the law, you can still steal their stuff, but you're not supposed to prosecute them. Um, so it's, so every crime is willful. So if somebody has some theory that's totally wrong, but they believed it, you're like legally, like they care about that. You're allowed to swipe their stuff, but you're not supposed to prosecute them. So they had to try to believe to try to prove that I didn't believe what I was saying. And they just skipped that. It's like, well, we can't nearly do that. So we're just going to call them names and demonize them. And, well, and and also block you from presenting things like your white paper on the subject, your letters yeah. to Congress, your letters to the H&R Block saying, hey, this is what I believe. Is this correct? Uh, so fill me in on that. Like you, everything that I just remember from that trial is that everything that you could have done to show what you believed you were blocked on. Absolutely. It, it was a just kangaroo court <laughs> ridiculous routine i mean it was i was astonished i had never been to a federal trial before and what a wake-up call that was yeah wow and the funny thing is even though it had nothing to do with philosophy there's a bunch of people now who who say they became anarchists in part starting there even though it was just about a legal thing because they saw how much the beast doesn't care about its own rules when it when it comes right down to it when their power is threatened all of that show that they put on about due process and the rule of law, yada, it's just, it's fancy words to make people think that there's something other than just mafia thugs and no, they're not. And I said before it happened, I'm going to make them show themselves for whether I win or lose, I'm going to make them show themselves for what they are. And I did. Would have been more fun to do that and get acquitted. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they cheated so bad on so many, and yeah, they, they literally, the both sides agreed that the entire trial was about what I believed. Now I'm not allowed to tell the jury what the law is, but I'm allowed to explain what I believed. And so they said, okay, your job is to explain what you believed, but I'm not making this up. You're not allowed to bring in any statement you've ever made before you stepped into this courtroom. Cause that's hearsay. Or whatever. That's hearsay, which is yeah. not what hearsay means. But no. yeah, they ruled out, all of that, including recordings of talking to the IRS. They even, say, like, you even had a video. There was a video you had on the subject. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll let you show some of the video as long as the sound's not on. Right. What the hell? <laughs> what? Really? what about closed captions? It, it was literally, <laughs> and, and, and just imagine this in your own case. If there's some case where you have to prove your state of mind, but you have to do that without referring to anything you've ever said on the subject. Like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, that's really the rules, and that's but, literally what. But they now, do. meanwhile, they had access to like how many years of your emails that they had manually gone through and could pick and choose anything that you had said at any time to anybody in your whole life and present it to the jury. They said they had over ten thousand emails for me, and they found zero indicating that I didn't believe what I was saying. But they were still they would pull out things. I remember at one point that prosecutor. He goes, he's an anarchist. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> and he an did impression that, on him. Th there's a thing called a motion in limine where before it goes to trial, people argue about, well, what is or isn't allowed in at the trial? Like what's relevant? What's, you know, so you argue over evidence before you're anywhere near a jury. And one of the things that was decided ahead of time is political beliefs have nothing to do with this. You can't bring up he's an anarchist. You can't talk about any of that stuff. And then, yeah, in the middle of the trial, he's an anarchist. And I said, really? am that I allowed was, to explain a... what that means? He's like, Whoa. no. <laughs> wow. Well, so, so since if he brought it up, then that meant that you could talk about it, right? Well, in sort theory, of. but they said no. Of I, course. I literally asked, am I allowed to explain what that means? And they said no. I was like, okay, super fair. What a joke. What <laughs> a freaking joke. So that whole... And I, I hand wrote, printed out, the book is 488 pages long, Kicking the Dragon. I give it away for free as an ebook now. It's out of print because it's a huge thing. It's expensive to print. Um, I hand wrote most of that. So it was 2,000 and some pages handwritten in prison. 
wow. to tell the whole ridiculous story. I can't read it more than a little chunk at a time without wanting to strangle somebody. The number of ways they cheated and lied and the number of evil crap they did. Mm. Just freaking amazing. It was so clearly on display. And they didn't even, they weren't, didn't seem to even blush about it or be shy about it in any way. Like, no, or they, no. it's just, they're so used to not even having to pretend in that arena. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, I, I didn't appeal by way of a, a, a very well-known appellate attorney. And he just openly said, yeah, they brought in a prosecutor who is very bad at law and very bad at prosecutions, but his specialty is demonizing people. And that's all they had. So that's why they brought him in. Hey, what's, you know, how did you, how did you rise to the top of your career? Well, I'm good at demonizing people. Ooh, no, come on. Because <laughs> I was, I was like expressing astonishment at how many like little procedural things he got wrong. It's like, has this guy ever done this before? Because he's. But he when the judge is on your team, when your judge is on your team, he'll help you with all that. Don't yeah. Worry. And then it just doesn't matter. Because a bunch of his motions were just these incoherent rants that literally had nothing to do with the legal issue. Because, you know, there's 8 million dumb little motions about 8 million dumb little legal issues. And half of them were like, does he even know what he's supposed to be arguing in this case? Because he's just kind of having a tantrum. God, you, did you feel insulted by the level of, of intellect that they, they put against <laughs> you? Yeah, I was like, couldn't you? Like, I expected somebody at least like, clever and creative and something other than at just, least at least mildly <laughs> diabolical i mean I like and he's something just, he's just a stupid asshole so most most people file tax returns to get money back you know i mean because uh, they have their money withheld and they have w-2 income so yeah. i guess that, that probably wasn't your situation we, yeah, we were self-employed, so we were getting, we had to rob ourselves throughout the year. Um, and, and the thing is, when I was going to stop filing, I told them ahead of time and said, I want to meet with you. And I recorded all the meetings and said, here's why I'm not filing anymore. Here's why. And at every one of these meetings, and I had these recordings, which I wasn't allowed to play for the jury, at every one of the meetings, the IRS was like, uh, we've never seen that before. We don't really know. Uh, we understand why your position is that we've never seen these before and we're not sure how to answer our own position. We'll get back to you. Literally, that, that's all they ever argued. And then they got back to me a few years later by sending a dozen armed thugs to raid my house. Did, did you receive a lot of letters and warnings leading up to, the, up to this? Well, the funny thing is they, they very quickly gave up on the civil side. They never tried to collect. They never tried to collect money. I mean, like they did the first letters that said, we think you owe money. And I say, I think I don't. And I want an examination meeting. And here are the rules saying you have to give me one and you have to let me record it. So that all happened. They killed the collections and with the ball in their court. I'm like, I'm waiting for you to tell me your position. You admitted on tape that you didn't know your own position and you'd get back to me. So I'm sitting around thinking, okay, going to wait a while. And if it's forever, that's fine with me. And then they, like I said, they got back to me um, May 6, 2003 by sending a dozen armed thugs to invade my house and steal all my stuff, steal all the copies of uh, Theft by Deception, the video I made about it. Just outright thuggery when I hadn't hidden anything. And they admitted that. I never hid anything I did. I told them before I even stopped filing, before the due date was even there, and they admitted that, but they had to do this thug routine. And Did then, they knock? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, at first we thought they were kidding. It was bam, 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 federal agents, and we thought it was like friends of ours joking with us. Yeah. No, no the friends way, don't do friend that. Ours, no, that's a good way for friends to get shot. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, at least, at least they knocked and identified themselves. That's been a big issue lately. Yeah. So it wasn't a no knock. There was a there, you know, there was a tense moment at the front door because I wasn't letting them in. I was saying, "Show me a warrant." Right. And it, it took took a while for them to get in. They never gave me the warrant then. It took me a year and a half to get the warrant unsealed because it was a secret warrant. And so that was another legal battle. And they were like, "He's going to publicize it." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to publicize it. It's a public document." It's the document that has to show what a bad person I am. Why am I the one trying to publicize it? You guys Why are they the ones trying to hide it? Yeah. yeah. And sure enough, when it came out, it was literally a list of them complaining about me saying what I think. There, there was literally no accusation 
of any criminal evidence in my house. But, but they, had con- they had confirmation of bad ideas were present yeah. in the house. <laughs> yeah, it was literally a list of things that I've said that are perfectly legal for me to say, and they didn't like it. Like a search warrant says, you know, we think this weapon is going to be found at this place, and here's our... They literally didn't even allege the existence of... It was just scribbled in a crown. He's an anarchist with a, like an a crown. Yeah. You want to rummage through his stuff. So they rummaged through my stuff for years and years and years. And what it ended up as is misdemeanor charges. That's all they even tried, is misdemeanor willful failure to file. Well, uh, you, were, you were very public about oh, that, yeah. right? I mean, they, I'm sure they felt taunted by, yeah. by, by how public you were and how successful you had been at that time of communicating all of this stuff. I, did, so, I didn't even realize you could serve prison time for a misdemeanor of that length. I know two people who have, me and Wesley Snipes. <laughs> you're not even well, a you're felon, a good, are you? You're in good company. <laughs> you're not even I'm, a felon. I'm not even a felon. I'm a misdemeanor. Well, you're still wow. young. Which nobody's ever heard of because nobody goes to prison for misdemeanor. Right, that's that's wild. You're a Mister a Mister Meon. What is it? Misdemeanant. Misdemeanant. Sounds so feeble. I'd rather be a felon. It sounds better. Yeah, right. Get some street. We should we, we we should get like badges that go with whatever our criminal status might be. Like yeah, misdemeanant. <laughs> Did they ever collect any money from you? Yeah, they did a, a clever illegal trick where the, the court basically said, you're going to give the IRS all the money that they're saying you owe, or we're going to stick you in for five years instead of one, which is just extortion. It's a debtor's prison, but it's a fun little trick they do. You're going to admit that you were wrong and say that you owe it, or we'll stick you in for more years. Like, okay. Well, I, I didn't know that confession. was an option. It's nice that you were able to, you know... I think I'd rather pay money. I mean, I guess it depends on how much money, but four more years of my life, I'd be like, oh my yeah. God, you know, I would rather pay. Yeah. So I pay, I pay the extortion and, and then there, there's a fine of 10,000. And so it was, so yeah, we've been bankrupted ever since. So that kind of sucked. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> there's a cheery way to start a show. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good sport. <laughs> Nah, but uh, I, I, it's important to note, though, because like, a, a lot of people do not know that about you, man. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, it isn't really what matters. Like I said, I was hoping that people would care if they were being defrauded, even if they believe in law and government and authority and all that. And most people don't. But the thing that really matters is the, is the belief in authority. So that's, you know, that's what I focus on now to the point that, yeah, a lot of people know me and have no idea that even happened. Well, let's talk about the most dangerous superstition because to me that is that's Larkin Rose's masterpiece. Um, maybe you could describe what that book is about and why you wrote that. I will do the spoiler that it does on like the first page anyway. It's <laughs> you don't have to like go through the whole thing. The most dangerous superstition is a reference to the belief in authority. The idea that that somebody or some group of people can have the moral right to dominate and rule everybody else. And that that notion is the foundation of government, of the belief in government. Now, once upon a time, it used to be like churches claimed to be the authority and, and then there was the church and the king and there was sort of this, you know, but today it almost always manifests as civil government. Um, so that's mainly my focus, but it's really any notion, like it used to be divine right of kings. Oh, well, you know, some watery tart lobbed a scimitar at you, and now you have the moral right to rule everybody. And now it's, well, there's a constitution and people elected, and ta-da, now you have superhuman rights. The excuse for it doesn't matter. The, the notion that anything can, can warp morality in such a way that there can be rightful masters and rightful slaves is just insane. And that that belief in most people's heads is the reason for the vast majority of injustice and suffering in the world. It isn't individual people being nasty on their own. It's people doing the bidding of an imaginary authority because they think it's legitimate and they think, well, it's called law. We have to obey and they have to enforce it and, and yada, yada, yada. So it's, it, it's the, the ugly sight of good people helping their own subjugation and the subjugation of their fellow man, not because of malice, but because of indoctrination. 
And so pretty much everything I do these days is trying to unindoctrinate people out of that superstition. How come it's so successful, uh, the indoctrination? Why is that so pervasive? Because it, 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 it does seem completely insane, but yet if you explain to somebody that maybe they're wrong, they look at you like you've got three heads. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, they've had a lot of time to work on it. And the, the, entire, uh, the entire Western education system is based on the, the Prussian system, which the people who made it just openly said, this is how we are going to program the population to do whatever their rulers tell them, especially when it comes to going somewhere else and killing complete strangers, military stuff. But it, it is designed to, to have the, the student have no will of their own. They can only will what their teachers want them to will. That is what the designers of the Prussian system said was the purpose. And even if you look it up on Wikipedia, you'll see the basis of all Western education is the Prussian indoctrination system. So it's like all of us in our most, or most of us in our most formative years are put through a system that was literally designed to make us mental slaves and it works. <laughs> Do you think there's a, I mean, I kind of look at some people as being domesticated, like domesticated versions of humans that have been raised in captivity, raised in a barn, raised to love the farmer who feeds them. Um, I know that's kind of a sad way to we'll look talk at about Kyle like being. that. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's it, like I feel like sometimes like I'm the buffalo out in the field and the cows are laughing at me. They're like, he doesn't even have a barn to sleep in. Um, you know, like he doesn't even, he doesn't even get veterinary care, you know, like he's out there on the, on the, on the prairie, that, that poor pathetic bastard. Uh, I don't yeah. Know. And I often, I often use the term human livestock because that's, that's exactly how the sociopaths look at us. Like we're a thing to generate wealth and power for them. They don't, like the politicians don't care about us and the people behind the scenes, they don't care about us. They literally look at, at us as another species to be exploited and controlled and, and but they know we're smart enough that they have to put on a show to pretend it's something else like a cow you just put a fence around it and it goes up to the fence and goes don't know what to do about that person would climb over so you have to convince them outside the fences scary death and mayhem inside the fence we will take care of you and blah 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 so it's about mind control rather than just physical control like they they never have the resources to do brute force control of all of us. They can do it now and then to a few of us when we get uppity and drive a tank through your living room, but they can't do it to 300 million people, which is why they start so young and they start with the mind control. So we feel obligated to be treated like cattle. Yeah, Mal said that a uh, political power flows from the barrel of a gun and uh, I thought about that quote a lot, and then, but I I agree with you that it's uh, it's actually from what people believe. It's uh, a belief in authority and support for authority that, and, and I'll call it public support, is actually the foundation of authority, not uh, not just violence. Now, violence helps, right? You know that definitely can you can suppress uh, the centers, but the real foundation of government and of the state is, is um, popular support. Um, Absolutely. I agree. And I guess where where we we disagree is like, you know, I, I at a certain point, like how do, how can you continue to say it's indoctrination if it, people just choose that they just choose to have leaders and to have laws and to have authorities? I mean, it's a choice. It's a conscious choice, and we can't we can't assume that everybody's just indoctrinated. I mean, I've heard your position, and I've heard the statist position, and I think that the statist position is correct. So it's, an, it's a choice that I make objectively. It is, it's, at some point, you have to say, like, oh, this guy's not just indoctrinated. He just, he just thinks that's what he thinks. This, this, <laughs> this may sound a little bit insulting. It's not at all a free choice that you made. Nobody in the world would on their own. Leaders is one thing. If somebody goes, I don't really know what I'm doing, and that person seems to, I'll follow their plan. They seem to have an agenda, blah, blah, blah. That's a natural thing in lots of species. There can be voluntary hierarchies that are perfectly moral and useful. Nobody, and I mean nobody on their own thinks, you know what? 
I need somebody who will violently dominate me against my will and take my money and spend it for things that I wouldn't have spent it on for, for myself. The only people who ever think that that is necessary or legitimate are people who were trained to believe that that is a legitimate arrangement, and it's not. And so you can say people choose it, but it's sort of like training a dog for all its life to like stay in the cage when you open the door. And then you open the door and said, well, it chose to stay in the cage. Well, kind of, but not really. It didn't choose out of free will in a state of freedom where it actually had any options. It was indoctrinated to the point where it didn't have the mental power to even see the choice. And so on the one hand, yep, people sort of choose it and they cheer for it and they advocate it, but it did not come from them ever. It is residual indoctrination that makes them think that that's necessary or important. Yeah, it is because they actually freely chose. It's not myself, really, that, you know, I, I want, you know, I, I am a libertarian of, of a sort. I don't like uh, paying high taxes for all of these wars and oh, Kyle, a you're, lot you're of the waste. Kyle, you're a great minarchist. But, but what, you know, what the domination that people want is often on other people, right? They don't want other people to be free to do certain things. And some of those things, I think, objectively really shouldn't be allowed. You know, there's a lot of violent crimes that I think need to be violently suppressed. Yep. I mean, that's and, just... And none of that ever justifies government. If how, I feel, how so? How so? Because if I feel justified, if there's some, like, psycho running around my neighborhood killing people, I would feel morally justified going out with a gun and shooting him to stop him as a moral act of defensive force. Now, if I'm a little old lady and like, well, I can't do it, I have the right to do it. I don't have the ability. It's perfectly rational and justified for me to say, well, maybe I can like give my son-in-law some money to go shoot the guy or something. Like, if it's okay for me to do it, it makes sense for me to ask somebody else to do it. Government is never, ever, ever that. Government, by its nature, is never limited to the things that would be justified if you or I did them. It is always inherently an entity that claims the right to do things that we can't, even if it also may use defensive force or like have a crossing guard or something or have a fire company that puts out fires. Even if it does a few things that aren't aggression, Every government, by its nature, has to be an aggressor. It has to claim the right to do things that we don't have the right to do, because if it didn't, nothing about it deserves the word government. Yeah, it's in a, it's in a special position or a privileged position, for sure. I mean, um, you can't do the same things that a cop can do. I mean, legally, physically, you could attempt them, but um, they're, in a, they're in that role where they have those responsibilities and those powers granted to them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I would argue that you and everyone, all anarchists are in the same position as the, the little old lady who's not capable of doing it herself because it's only a matter of how much, how much resistance you're facing, right? I mean, you use the example of one psycho, but if it's 800 people that are opposing you or, or 10,000 people that are opposing you, you're in the same position of helplessness, right? And usually it's 10,000 people with badges. Well, that's that's sort of a, that's called a uh, two croquet or I can't pronounce a, it. A, a costume? No, I mean, the, the thing of it is when you when you have a lot of people, a large society, I mean, you, you have these different groups. I mean, we're, we're seeing groups now like Antifa and the Democratic Party and unions and, and people form these kinds of groups and they all have their own interests. So there's a, there's a potential for a lot of uh, conflict. About 99% of that conflict is a direct result of them all believing in political authority. Because Antifa, you know, even though they get called anarchists, they're like, we need more government handouts for the poor. We want the violence of government used for this. Whereas conservatives say, well, we only want the violence of government to make people pay for the military and police. And then the left are like, well, we want the violence of government used for this. The number of people who use violence on their own is very small. There are some people and they need to be forcibly stopped. The number of people who advocate immoral violence is about 99% of the population because it's every single 
person who thinks that government is legitimate. Every one of them, every single one advocates immoral aggression and they don't recognize it as immoral because the superstition still has its tentacles in their brains. Yeah, that, that goes to the subjective nature of morality. I mean, things that you think are immoral, a conservative doesn't think are immoral. And things but that, that doesn't and, even and, matter. That like, doesn't even matter. It, it does matter. Yeah. I mean, it, it matters what people believe. Their, their belief shapes, you know, what the culture judges as moral and immoral. You know, there's yeah, no the reason. The reason it doesn't matter in this case is that every single person who believes in government advocates things by way of politics that they know would be immoral if they did it themselves. The problem is not that their underlying immoral, their underlying moral code says, eh, it's okay to rob my neighbor and beat them up. Most voters don't think that. They do think that if you do it by way of elections and constitutions and, and hocus pocus and pseudo religious rituals and call it government and call it's it like, law. It's like spraying it with Febreze. Like, you know, like that, like that was a really nasty turd, but let's nice. spray some Febreze on that. And it's a then, nice winter and now, pine. And now you will welcome it into your home. Yeah, they're certainly okay with tax collection for their causes. And a good example would be like public schools. You know, that probably public schools probably has 90% or higher support within the community. I mean, but when you, the way you phrase it is rob your neighbor, take their money and use it to pay for your kid's school. You know, they, they, they wouldn't go for that, but they certainly like public schools. Yeah, but that's because it's abstracted away. They don't see, yeah. they don't see that happening in the background. They just see... It's, yeah, it's amazing that they don't learn that government schools are, are corrupt in government schools. Right? Like, they don't learn how, how, how government schools rip people off. In government schools? Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like for some reason in Catholic school, they probably don't, don't go into, like, like um, child abuse very much. You know, like, I'm just guessing. Yeah, I mean, probably, but I mean, it's a perfect example because of all those people who vote for me to be forcibly robbed and anybody who owns property, actually now I don't own property, so yay, <laughs> but who votes for their neighbors to be robbed to pay for schooling would never do it on their own. They would recognize that as immoral and psychotic and a bunch of other things, but because they believe in the lie of authority, they vote for it to happen. And then they look at like... An example of, we just went through the story of what I went through the, with the federal extortion racket, and I've had statists that I know say, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I don't usually say this because it's so mean, but it's so tempting. Why are you sorry? It's exactly what you voted for. Whether you're Democrat or Republican, you vote for people who you know, you know they will demand my money under threat of force if I don't pay. Why are you sorry that what you wanted to have happen happened because yeah. every single statist advocates exactly that. Why are you expressing sympathy to me when you're the one who asked that to happen to anybody who doesn't pay tribute to the real class? And they have Brutal. such a disconnect Brutal. that they don't even recognize it. And I've only done that a few times because it's pretty dang mean. I mean, they all <laughs> deserve it. I, I don't have sympathy for you, Larkin, if it's any consolation. <laughs> You know, I think you wow, knew exactly Kyle. what you were getting yourself into with it. Wow. And, and Kyle's and Kyle's army needs those taxes, Larkin. Pay your fair share. <laughs> Kyle's hey. global minarchy doesn't run, all, hey. run itself. He's an anarchist. Hey. Just to be clear, I want to be, I want to be clear about how mean I should be here. Just to be clear, I have a question for Kyle. Do you mean, for example, if some woman walks down a dark alley in a you know scary part of town late at night? You can say, well, you should have known you would be attacked and mugged and assaulted and whatever else. Yeah, I mean, Kyle's kind of victim blaming. I yeah. agree. There's a difference between you kind of should have expected that, which I would agree with. By Kyle, way. are you criticizing the way Larkin dressed and that's what, what, what got him attacked? <laughs> I was asking no. for it. But, but no, wait, I, I really want to ask. You had worn those high heels, Larkin. <laughs> well, I don't think they're comparable situations, right? Because. Um, the mugger is outside the law and the IRS is inside the law, right? You're, you're breaking this country's laws, whereas the mugger is also breaking this country's laws, right? Okay, so for example, the slave that ran away and gets whipped to death when he gets caught, you have no sympathy for him because he violated the law, right? Law is the law. 
slave that ran away. Holy shit! Yeah. You had to pause to think about that. <laughs> well, I'm considering. I'm considering your question, Larkin. Just you just demonstrated how thoroughly and you're considering slavery. You dude. had to pause whether to condemn somebody for being a slave who ran away and got whipped to death. Uh, to again, all right, I got it. Again, <laughs> it's, it's, it's apples and oranges once again, right? No, because, it's not. No, because it's, it's because slavery this, or abolition. Well, we can. I mean, for sure, it, what the sla the runaway slave is breaking the laws of that t time period, right? And so, from that, and from that perspective, on, he is he is a lawbreaker. But I think morally, uh, you know, we would say uh, slavery was wrong, and we're supportive of efforts to resist it. But morally, I think today we don't think that taxes are immoral. I mean, libertarians do, but you know. Not everybody does. A lot of people don't, and I don't. So I would think that, yeah. again, and if you lived you back are, then, you would have you would have cheered for the people whipping the slave to death. You, you are not you as a tax evader, <laughs> Larkin. As a tax evader, you are not equivalent to a runaway slave. You might think that you are, but you're not. Why not? Right? What's the difference? You you have an obligation to pay taxes because you live in this country and you use no, public services. You believe that because you believe that politician scribbles alter morality. No, no, no. I, I just believe what? it because I think that people that live here and that drive on our roads and that live in this country have an obligation to pay. They owe that money. Well, what if you live on the what plantation? What do you mean our roads? Do you owe that? Do you Dude, have you seen the, the roads cotton? around? If, you, if you're allowed to live on the plantation, do you owe that cotton to the, to the, to the uh, master? No. I mean, that's, that's how serfdom worked, essentially. Well, what's the difference? You're what's, saying that whatever the rule makers declare to be law, I have to abide by, and if I don't, I deserve... It's their the violence kingdom. of law being imposed on me. It's their kingdom, and if you don't want to get killed, you will obey the king. Yeah, it's, it's it, their Kyle? kingdom, I, but it, it's it's just it comes with the society that you live in. It comes with the country that you live in. It's so not just a, it's more it's more than just their kingdom. It's more than just the politicians. It's it's like a giant neighborhood. You live in this neighborhood. You follow the rules of this neighborhood. You know. Ew. What kind of fucked up neighborhood has the rules that those guys get to rob the rest of us? This is not it's the United States, but it's you live in the United States. It's a country. Does it make I mean, it, right? it was here before you were? It's right. It's Why does the up? country have to bend to Larkin Rose's way? Oh God! <laughs> How about if it just leave Larkin that alone? Think of a statist. <laughs> wait, I can fix this. I can fix this. Ready? The planet is now mine. I am the rightful ruler of the planet. <laughs> I will give me half of your stuff, or you're a criminal and you should be caged. It, it doesn't work that way. It does, not? It's not. It's not a self declaration. It comes from. It, there's oh, a, you wrote there's a, well, Hold on, hold on. You gave Kyle, me that power. I have a question get, for Kyle. Kyle, how did they? How did the U.S. government come to own the the property that is the United States of America and its borders? How did it come to rightfully? possess that i mean it was unowned and then uh it it's a large organization of people that sort of just claimed ownership no nope. but it was originally <laughs> unowned <laughs> what? I mean, who claimed the ownership though? what i mean wasn't it kind of owned by like native americans and they <laughs> kind of like stole it yeah they kind of stole it well, some people make that that case but i think there were only so like some people make that case i think there I mean, were only the native like americans were here first native right americans i mean but i mean what large, grants large what grants? parts of the land were completely unoccupied and unused so so one oh, okay well i just there were already people here so i just claimed the planet the fact that there weren't people here doesn't matter oh here if you want, I'll write it down. Larkin shall have power to lay and collect taxes on Kyle. There, I did exactly <laughs> what the founders did. They made up a power and wrote it down on a piece of paper. Didn't you make a video about this, Larkin? I did. You, you just you lack the um, political clout, I guess, that the uh, the government has. I lack the indoctrination in your brain, and that's the only difference. One well, set of lines organization of people. You I mean, they have the right to rule, and I haven't yet. That's the only difference. You're an individual, Larkin. In order to govern, you need a lot of support. <laughs> we talked about the foundation of government being public support and public opinion, and you don't hey, have Jim. that. Hey, Jim, can we vote for yeah. me to be emperor? Uh, I don't know. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll count all the votes and I'll like, let you guys know who <laughs> okay. the emperor is. Okay. 
<laughs> but Kyle, I think I think we're getting into a circular argument here because basically you're saying public support is what grants government the right to do what it does. And what Larkin's argument is that, okay, but that 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 support is through these indoctrination camps, aka public schools. I mean, so they didn't even like, exist back then. It's not like people were just freely, you know, walking around thinking and we're like, well, hey, let's uh let's create this thing. Like it it was a manufactured a manufactured consent, I guess. Well, isn't there a way everybody could get what they want if we say, look, you guys that want to be bound to your thing, right? You guys say, cool, you go off and do that. And those of us that don't want to participate, we're just going to pass, okay? And you live us alone. Right? I wish so it you was that simple. Your, you can do whatever little rituals or games or special songs or, you know, flags or, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, just Definitely allow flags. us to opt out. Is that, would that be reasonable? it's not that simple because you're you're living on land that is part of the country you know if you were to go to some unclaimed land and claim that as your own country and start fresh maybe you're living on a planet that's part of my territory it doesn't mean it's anything not it's not your territory state. i mean it's actually all claimed by by nation states at this yeah, point i, just I think just about now it's mine just like i think <laughs> i think just about every square inch is claimed by nation states yeah right? i just overruled them now it's right. mine just like they did to the indians yeah but you again you lack the authority <laughs> and the ability to do that that's only in your imagination. That is the only difference. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's the I think, only difference. No, I think it's the reality. The reality, Larkin, is no, you lack isn't. the military force to take it. So you lack the ability to do it. You just and then, you, and then you don't have any support. The There's no public support behind you. I know. There is public support. You don't need to know because you're well, claiming about this, something. Though? What about Chaz? Okay. All right, where we do have uh, basically some people just said, fuck you, we've got our own, we're, we're no longer part of your thing, you're going to leave us alone, and uh, who knows how it'll go. There's a, there's a, it's happened before where people can just, in one particular place, say, you know what, fuck that. And um, I guess that would, be, that would be horrifying to you, Kyle, right? Or like people actually breaking away and, and, and splitting into factions or... Um, what if we just yeah, put everybody in one wars. big country and just have one person rule it all? Wouldn't that be the best way to just have one guy own everything and then we'll all just obey one guy? Just let well, me do it. I'll be nice. Well, I think with with, uh, <laughs> with borders that, that you can have different countries, right? As long as there's borders and everybody stays on their side of the line, uh, there's no conflict, right? What so about West you don't, Virginia you don't need a one-world government run by one guy to have uh, avoid wars as long as you have um, nation states respecting each other's boundaries, you can also hey, have peace. I have two, two very fundamental questions here. First of all, since you bring, brought up the idea of, of borders in other countries, does the magic apply in other countries? For example, when the majority cheered for Hitler and the law said to do what he did, uh, did, the, did the people on the receiving end of that violence deserve it because it was the law in the country by way of their political representatives and authority? They had support. They had support. Yeah, they. I've made this point that they did. They did have support, but that doesn't mean they deserved it, right? Not everything government does is moral or agreeable well, to well, us. Okay. What, oh, really? <laughs> well, well, Kyle, what makes it moral? What makes it moral then, in your view? What is a moral government action? I mean, I, I think in order to determine the morality, you have to have some some metric, right? Some barometer of what's moral and what's yeah. immoral. I'm asking you what yours um, is. In, and we can't even say that there's consensus over killing because there's a lot of killings that people agree are moral or deserved or something like that. So there's ask you what your definition is, not other people's. Yeah. My, my metric, I would say, I have to say is influenced by somewhat of a Christian upbringing, you know, 10 commandments, mm -hmm. reading some Jesus words and, Jesus and being raised by my parents and things like that. And I'm aware of those influences on my perception today of, of what's right and wrong as far as like a compass. But, uh, I mean, I, I think those are great ideas, like the golden rule, you know, I, I think it's a great thing to live by, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you look at the 10 commandments, like thou shalt not like steal for one, right? Thou shalt not kill, you know? So, I mean, those are things that the governments do like all fucking day, dude. Yeah, and lots of people, I mean, uh, engage in those kinds of behaviors. But 
And and that has to be a bit of a contradiction for a lot of Christians, um, including you. Yeah. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not. A, I'm not practicing uh, in religion. And but I'm saying, how do I determine right from wrong? Um, well, I'm saying, if you look at something the government does, I mean, you don't just grant it. Uh, you don't grant it the position of like moral just by the virtue of it being done by the government, right? That's that's correct. A lot of people will try to say that because I'm always supporting the government against anarchists, but um, you know, yeah, I still Kyle, I certainly Kyle, still have a, Kyle, I still question. Have a what is your favorite flavor of boot polish? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I just call call it issue by issue as I see it and try to come up with the best answer based what is on that, the watermelon? Wait, wait. There's a there's a very fundamental important point here that literally every single statist does this weird schizo routine. So I want this to be very clear. <laughs> Kyle, the actions of government, are they immoral when you, Kyle, say they are immoral and they are moral when you, Kyle, say they are moral, not when anybody else says so? No. I mean, uh, I'm not the ultimate arbitrator of uh, arbit of what's moral and what's immoral. Who the hell is? I have who, who well, that's a good question. I mean, it, it's not you, and it's not me. Um, you know, and, and certain you behaviors. Said it was you. You just yeah. said it was you. I mean, it is in, like it's not from my, in my like from my perspective. That's how I perceive the things that it's doing. But I can't. I don't think that there's any kind of. Uh, you know, like Ayn Rand would say, A is A, or set in stone, or right answer. I, I think a lot of this stuff is very subjective. And it, it's, but, yeah, uh, but th these questions aren't about what other people think or what the majority thinks. It's about your moral judgment. Are you, is it your moral judgment at the end of the day that you use to decide whether a government action is moral or not? Yeah, again, yes, it is. Okay, good. That's the first step to sanity. <laughs> second step is realizing that if you stick to the answer you just said authority disappears uh, I, you lost if, me <laughs> I know <laughs> if it is your judgment that you use to decide whether you believe government action is moral or not that is you saying that the commands of a legislature do not determine or alter morality Sometimes they're in line with it, according to you. Sometimes they're not in line with it, according to you. That puts your moral judgment above everything and everyone else on earth. The one more step I want you to take is to realize that rules out authority. What every statist wants to do is decide for themselves what government should do and then bear no responsibility when it uses violence to do that. You want government to carry out your will, enforce your will on the world, and yet bear no responsibility for the fact that you advocated violent aggression. Um, I'm okay. Hey, Larkin, Larkin, I'm okay with uh, violent aggression when I think it's warranted. I want to make that clear. A lot of people put themselves in this box where they say, well, violent aggression is never appropriate. And I think there are cases where violent aggression is appropriate. Okay, that's a separate issue. I'm not even talking about whether you should have my judgment or yours. If you put your moral judgment above the dictates of government, in other words, you can say when government did that, it was bad. When it did that, it was good. That is you putting yourself above authority. By definition, if your judgment is above it, it's not authority anymore. Authority no, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm not putting myself above it. It's just my opinion. I have my own opinion on what they're doing, and I don't always agree with what they do. That's Matter of fact, 90% of the times I don't agree with what but, they're doing. But you trust them to do what's best for you. Even no, you no, disagree. no. I don't trust them to do what's best for me. I think they're largely incompetent, largely corrupt. I mean, I, you know... I, you have an ideal government in your mind that you would like to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, how about well, you don't oppose say, the how idea? About this? How about this? Before you impose that government on the rest of us, why don't you work it out with your friends? Get the bugs <laughs> worked out. Okay. When it's super awesome and you're like, we're finally got that ideal government, then start imposing it on me and Larkin. Okay. 
and right but until we, we then we would be we would be lucky because uh if if i got my ideal government you know with taxes would be coming down well you know uh, what i'll be happy be coming to, you know what i'll be happy to be ruled by you at that time but i think until then we can agree that we should be left alone until you got tell you tell you at least get it worked out I mean, this it's is, only been a couple hundred years, James, right? This like, is, this is the part steps. you don't you don't understand, James. I have no say over what the current government is doing. I'm trying to change it for the better, but they're not going to leave anarchists it. alone or anyone alone. You know, and because you, don't want to do, you just said so. Wait, let me break this down to literally like third grade level. If government says you must do A, and your moral conscience says I must do B something different. Not what they say, but I think I should do B. They say I have to do A. Which one outranks the other to you? Your it's conscience? A, or the I, I have to make a decision. I have to weigh the, I have to weigh the consequences. And this is where consequentialism comes in. I have to say, what are, the, what are the possible outcomes of breaking this law or breaking this command versus um, what are the outcomes of obeying it? Okay, setting aside the, the practical thing of whether you dare to disobey or not, whose moral judgment at the end of the day do you believe, your own or a legislature's? If, if they say this is what must happen and you think, uh, I think this is what should happen, actually, you might be too scared to, to disobey. You know, there, there's, you know, they might have too many guns. You might go along with it anyway. At the end of the day, in your own mind, which outranks the other, your moral conscience or the dictates of a ruling class? Oh, uh, for sure I'm going to think I'm right. I mean, <laughs> okay. you know. In that case where you think you're right, do you think you have a moral obligation to obey and do the wrong thing? You might be scared into it, but do you have a moral obligation to do what you think is wrong? Mm, no, prob probably not. Okay, I agree. Do you know what it's called when you don't think you have a moral obligation to obey somebody? It's called them not being authority anymore. Boom. No, not necessarily. I mean, there's, there's, By there's definition. Necessary. No, that's not the definition. You're bringing morals into something that's just about it's just about their position in society and their power. Not only I mean, is they, that they bullshit, could... but you already pointed out it's bullshit about Mao's quote. <laughs> it isn't just about the violence. It's about the perceived legitimacy yeah I, and I authority can still does not mean the ability to rule it means the right to rule it is a moral concept i can still think that there are legitimate authorities authority. i can disagree with a cop and still respect that he's a cop and that he's in a job where he has some power and he can give me orders you know and, and he has some tasty boot polish right, like, like let's say i mean i get arrested you know let's say i get arrested and the cop tells me to lay down on the ground and put my hands behind my back you know I can completely disagree with Simon him. Says? Completely, yeah, completely disagree with him. Not want to do what he says and think that he's in the moral wrong, that he has no basis for this. Yeah, um, but, but it doesn't mean back. I'm challenging. It doesn't mean I challenge his authority as a cop. Yes, it does. No, you're jumping back to the no, You're completely thing. wrong. You're if completely you, wrong. If you're scared into complying, like a carjacker points a gun in your face and says, "Give me your keys," and you go, "I don't want to die, so here are my keys." You don't imagine him to be authority. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean the ability to control. If you do not imagine a moral obligation to obey, that is what it means to be an authority, is to have the right to rule, which means the obligation on your part to obey. If you stop feeling an obligation to obey, it literally means that in your mind, that thing stopped being authority. That's no, I, I still feel means. an obligation to obey in that case. I just don't agree with him. What? That is I, I would follow his. I would follow his orders, even though I didn't want to. So you have an obligation to do what you think is wrong. You have a moral obligation to do what you think is morally wrong. Kyle, Kyle, would you turn in runaway slaves? No. <laughs> wait, wait. Are, are you sure? Because it kind of sounds like you would. No, I'm saying if a if a cop orders me to get down on the ground, I'm going to get down on the ground whether I want to or not. Okay, okay, okay. Kyle, get Kyle, in the box if, car. You get in the box car. Kyle, Kyle, question: What if the police officer's cock happened to be bit by a poisonous snake? Would you suck out the venom? <laughs> I, I, no, but I, I just feel like I feel like Mark Larkin throws the word moral around way too much. 
and he just muddies the hell out of every issue. It's so hard to under, like figure out. He's like, all right, so he gives you a moral order, and you have a moral obligation, but then moral no, I mean, the moral, it's dude, like, dude, think about it. Think it about straight, it, dude. Man. They I just, no, just hate talking about morals. Straight. What are you going to do? Yeah, you can't talk is. about morals it, and be a statist. Just because it's I just, disagree is. with the politician's actions doesn't mean that I no longer think that they have any power or authority. You realize how schizo that is? Wait, no, let me, let me like, ask I don't, this question I don't again. agree with a lot of stuff Trump says, but I Wait. still think he's the president. Yeah, so are you, recognizing, are you recognizing just the reality of that, yes, this person has a lot of guns backing them? That's yeah, one thing. Yeah, he has That's guns one thing. and public support. I acknowledge okay, that he's the president of the country. You acknowledge it, but you're also, you also legitimize it, right? You also yeah, say, like, this is something that is, in, in principle, this is a good thing. To have this person in authority, not this particular you'd person. You'd rather have that and those people doing what they're doing than nothing. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I do. I think we're well, better not even off that. with I'm the just current in- government than no government for sure. You'd rather have Trump and the Pentagon and um, uh, State Department and the DEA and the ben. Park Service and all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, I think the alternative is is uh, just complete chaos. I don't think that people would be civil and would be nice to each Have other. Have you looked I out the window lately? James, I think that, yeah, I know, and it shows you <laughs> how crazy people are. And yeah, yes, but there's plenty of government around. <laughs> like, oh, but we need police to protect us. We need police to protect us. Where are the police? Oh, they're busy shooting people with, like, uh, blunt rounds in the face. Like, well, look, at the, look, look at the schizophrenia here. You just said you approved of me being caged, and then you tell me you don't think people would be nice enough without government. It is the existence of your belief and authority that literally just advocated my robbery and, in, and imprisonment. And you're telling me that government, the thing you believe in that did that to me, is the thing that makes us be civilized. You are not civilized. You are not a moral human being because you still believe in that. And you just cheered for my victimization, a real world example that actually fucking happened to me because of people like you, who instead of using your own goddamn moral code, believe in this god of evil psychopathic shits, and you think it's legitimate because they did a bunch of scribbles. Yeah, because and now you might- condone what happened to me, and you tell me that without that thing that did it to me, we wouldn't be civilized. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I think I think I think Larkin that you are actually immoral because you are the one that says I'm going to live here. I'm going to drive on these roads. I'm going to enjoy all the benefits of living in this country, but Go I don't have to pay anything. Fuck yourself. No, you owe money. You owe money to live here. No, it's not free to live in this country, Larkin. I'm, I'm going to change ever, the subject. James, let me finish. I don't know who no. told you it was free, but it's not free. You know, and you, and you're going to you got to pay. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Law is the law. You got to pay, you anarchist. Larkin, I want to ask you about your article. I think it started as an article, but I see it's posted as a video called When Should You Shoot a Cop? Okay. And uh, this is a super provocative title. And it's been a while since I read it. But if I recall, like the first paragraph, first paragraph was like, most people aren't going to read it. And like, this is why they're not going to read it. And it was like more of the, you know, like talking about the fact how people are going to be completely freaked out by the title and not even read this article. So, um, but I think it, it does bring up a good question. When should you shoot a cop? And I just, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. And, uh, you know, maybe we could get people's opinion about, yeah, when should you shoot a cop? I'd like to hear from everybody on our panel, um, sort of on, on that question. The thing is, and it, the, the, the article, which then was made into a video, and by the way, Glenn Beck, Somebody printed it out and it was at some event and Glenn Beck talked about it and made sure to not mention my actual name so people could look it up. But the whole point is, is the logical conclusion of what we were just talking about. If at some point you have the right to follow your own conscience above the dictates of the commands of an authority, whether it's like, you know, slavery days in this country or in Nazi Germany or Mao's China or, or here with some evil law going on. If at some point, you have, first of all, if at no point you have the right to disobey, you're all the way a slave, you might as well be, just be a robot and stop existing. But if at some point you have the right to say, I'm not going along with this, this law is wrong, the authority is wrong, it's illegitimate, and I'm going to disobey, at some point you also have the right to resist. 
And because they enforce all their laws by violence, that means you either go along with being victimized or you respond violently. Now you might be able to run away and stuff, but, it, but the video, the article, and then the video didn't even answer the question. Like I can give my lines and where I would draw them, but it just asked the question to ask people, how much would you put up with before you would actually believe, no, now it's time, you know, in this case, whatever it is, wherever the person draws their line, then I would actually actively resist and disobey. But it forces people to at least draw a line somewhere. Yeah. And most people have never thought about that because they've so focused on, you know, being so indoctrinated into revering the politician scribbles called law and imagining that they actually mean something that they never even think about that, that side of it of when would I actually be justified in resisting? And it even points out, you might not dare to, like if you're out gunning. Or what if, you saw, what if you saw a cop murdering somebody by putting their knee on their throat for 10 minutes while he gasped his final breaths? Yeah. Uh, would that be a good time to shoot a cop? Yeah. And the thing is, most statists, because it's an indoctrinated religious belief, they're incapable of calmly even having the discussion. Even it's basically yeah. saying, when should you shoot your God? And that makes them you know, existentially uncomfortable because you should, and, and a lot of people commented, you should never shoot a cop. And they said, did you actually watch the video? No, but okay, I don't okay. think because well, of that. Okay, so Larkin, when you say most status, is what you really mean most dudes named Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not alone. He's not anywhere near being alone. But well, Larkin, <laughs> listen, you told Kyle to fuck off. We all do that eventually. Okay, so it's, it, 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 we're all friends here, nonetheless. So uh, yeah. I appreciate you adding to the chorus, Larkin. Uh, and we're, you know, we're, it's tough love here on Punk yeah. Rock Libertarian Podcast. Okay, yeah. I'm, not, um, I'm not salty. I've been, I've heard way worse. He's been around the block. We always, yeah. we always make fun of him. He's a being a filthy yeah. statist. So. Yeah, but we love him though. We keep him around, dude. He's fucking awesome. Eh, but, mean, uh, but hey, hey okay. Association. <laughs> okay, so okay, I mean, but I mean, like, okay, so you've got this, like, uh, if you don't have Kyle Wagner around or or people bearing opinions, you get this like circle jerk of uh, yeah. philosophy that gets really fucking boring. Yeah. No, I'd definitely be in a discussion with him. I just wouldn't want him anywhere right, near. Kyle is basically the cautionary face. tale of the of our show. Uh, where, <laughs> like, this is what statism tale. could do to you. Like, not even once, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a big difference between who I will talk to, which includes all sorts of people from self-described Maoists to Nazis to, to everything else, and people I would actually want in my real life, and people who cheer for me being robbed into poverty and put in a cage. I don't want them in my life because they're literally immoral. Okay, um, so enough. Larkin, we're running over. Is there anything you want to plug before we uh, end the podcast? Um, let's see. I do want to mention because because somebody mentioned the Jones Plantation. We're going to try to make that into a full length movie, which I think would be Miller. really freaking powerful, uh, like live action real movie on a on a plantation and stuff. Um, and I don't, we're, we're still working on the pitch for that. I hope that happens. Um, in the meantime, there's, uh, I'm working on so many freaking things. I don't know what to point to. Um, we do have the Rose channel, the rosechannel.com where right now um, a bunch of our uh, different videos and the, the candles in the dark seminar is there. Uh, several hundred old uh, audio podcasts I did are there. Um, the new audio book of the most dangerous superstition is there. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Otherwise, I would just sort of throw people at my YouTube channel because there's a, a million things going on there all the time and all the old oh things. yeah, dude, there is there's so much man, and there's like so much more I like want to talk to you about. Now, it, it, like if you're available, like uh, we do an after hours program. If you want to hang out for a little bit and talk on there, I can do that. Yeah, cool, awesome, man. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to hit us up over at uh, Patreon.com, and uh, you can. Uh, you know, participate. You can check out our after hours program. We also have t-shirts over at libertariancountry.com. If you type in the code PRL, you'll receive a 10% discount. If you spend $50 or more and you use the code PRL2, you'll receive a 20% discount. This podcast is brought to you in part by Conversations About Freedom Podcast hosted by Moral Bob. Until next time, live free or die. Stay tuned, the flies and the tax bombs and bread. Was it by a few
can make or break Break the power Break the power Society of individuals Nothing more than not interference With natural rights What's a virtuous person fully comprehends The non-aggression principle The violence of the state becomes absolute